Let's get rolling. So uh, let's pray. Uh, Father God, I love you. I thank you for today. I thank you for uh, just your word, Lord. I thank you for the Passpoint class and um, just uh, really just the family uh, aspect of, of what we do here. And uh, Lord, we really are the body of Christ and it's lived out uh, just in the, the families and uh, people represented here. And so I do uh, thank you for that. I thank you for uh, just loving us, Lord. I, I thank you for given us purpose in life is uh, life can it, it can get mundane and we can get so bogged down in the details of life and uh, Lord you really do uh, refresh us with your word and uh, I thank you for that and so I pray that uh, as we wrap up uh, Romans 13 today we would uh, really just get something out of it something that we can take and uh, apply to our life and uh, Lord I pray that you just get the honor uh, and the glory for it I do pray for uh, Marta Estebani Lord is um, uh, bereaved at the passing of her husband and I pray that uh, the gospels just preached uh, through that uh, situation is he really did give his life uh, to the ministry lord so uh, i pray you just speak to us today uh, in christ's name amen so i thought of one other thing um announcement wise uh so what <laughs> what uh we're gonna do meals for uh do you want to say something about that right quick so Shelton are um, new to HBF. They just joined the church. A couple, they've been coming for a while, but um, they just joined a couple weeks ago. She's very pregnant. She's due May 10th. Um, and they do not belong to an ABF yet. Um, and they're not in discipleship yet. So, Which that's all in the process. It just right. hasn't so happened gonna, yet. So, um, Really, it's kind of on behalf of Jody. Jody uh, started this because she's been touching base with her children's ministry. Um, but we're going to facilitate the meal plan for them. Um, so if you want to participate in that, awesome. I'm going to send it out to all of the um, the wives of all the classrooms so that it'll be more of like a church-wide thing. So it's not just only Passpoint providing the meals. Um, the only detail I think that needs to be done right now is that if they have a, like a wheat intolerance, so they don't eat any wheat. So anyway, we're just going to help out with that and, you know, just basically show ourselves friendly. So um, that's what we do for people in Passpoint. So especially somebody that's uh, new to the church, we want to make them feel um, like part of what's going on here. So, okay, so if you've got your Bibles, uh, open up to Romans chapter 13. So we're going to wrap this up today and, you know, we've been kind of talking about how, you know, the first... 11 chapters of Romans is kind of like everything that God can do for you. This is kind of a summary of that. And then you get into chapters 12 to 16, and it's like now, you know, now what can we do for God, right? What, what, what are our responsibilities? And so we've kind of been going through that. Our first responsibility in Romans 12.1 is basically just give your life to Him, right? Uh, just give Him everything you've got, and that's the least you could do for Him. And, and then you go through all those different things, and we get into uh, chapter 13, and really chapters 13 through well, really, fifteen, because sixteen is just kind of like a farewell, um, but but it's in there too. But it's kind of chapters uh, thirteen to, to fifteen are kind of like the. But what about this, right? Or what if this? You know, because you, you always deal with people as as they grow uh, in their Christianity, and they're like, okay, so I know the Bible says this, but what about if this happens, right? Or you know, the kind of the what if questions, the odd like, okay, so you know. 
like so we get into chapter 14 and we start talking about Christian liberty right and so do I can I only listen to Christian music or, or it's all the what if questions right and we'll get into all that but so that's kind of what Romans uh, 13 has been so far but the second half of Romans 13 doesn't really give you any what ifs it just kind of tells you this is how it should be right and so it it kind of takes he takes a break and he's just like okay so we talked about some what ifs last week right we uh, we, we looked at you know, we want to make sure that uh, we are obeying the rulers, right? There's a reason that we have uh, the government that we've got. There's a reason that we uh, pay the taxes that we do. And, you know, all those different things. We talked about all that last week. And you're like, that's not really all biblical stuff. Well, really it is because it's in here. And you have to understand the time that Paul was writing this was, uh, you know, the Roman Empire is going on. And, you know, there's there's all this going on. And Nero is the uh, is the king. And, and there's all this happening. And so there's, there's structure in place. It's not like the structure we have today. But still, as a Christian, what do you have to do? You have to obey the law, right? And those different things. And so uh, pick up in Romans 13, just in verse 8. And we'll just kind of roll through this. Because he kind of... He kind of has a little bit of like squirrel syndrome. He's like, hey, I'm going to talk about this for a second, then I'm going to talk about this for a second. He just bounces around. And, and so that's kind of what we're going to do today. So pick it up in verse 8. He says, oh, ma- uh, no man anything. Notice that comes right after he talks about how, make sure you're paying your taxes, right? <laughs> oh, no man anything, but to love one another. For he that loveth another hath fulfilled the law. For this... Thou shalt not commit adultery. Thou shalt, or yeah, uh, thou shalt not commit adultery. Thou shalt not kill. Thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not bear false witness. Thou shalt not covet. If there be any, uh, and if there be any other commandment, it is briefly comprehended in this saying, namely, thou shalt love thy neighbor and thy, uh, as thyself. So basically, he just took a long time to say, the law you need to fulfill is love your neighbor. Verse ten: Love worketh no ill to his neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfilling of the law. Verse eleven: He Switches gears. Talk about something different. And that, knowing the time, that now is high time to awake out of sleep, for now is our salvation nearer than when we believed. The night is far spent, the day is at hand. Let's, uh, let us therefore cast off the works of darkness, and let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk honestly as in the day, not in rioting or drunkenness, not in chambering and wantonness, not in strife and envying, envying, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. So he kind of like... It's a lot of different things here. And so we could take six weeks talking about all this. Or we're going to do it in a week. And we're just going to do it today and we're going to bounce it off. And so, you know, first he says, Oh, no man, anything. And he doesn't even get out of the verse before he switches gears. So let's just talk about that for a second, right? Let's just talk about the, Oh, no man, anything. So, I don't, I don't know about you. I'm kind of going to just get off my notes because there's so many different things. I can already tell this is going to take way too long. So, um... I don't know about you. I don't have like a hundred grand laying around, two hundred grand laying around. You know, three hundred. I don't know what kind of house you live in. So it's really hard to buy a house without owing somebody something, right? And so we all kind of understand the mortgage uh, industry the way that it is in America. Um, you're going to have a mortgage probably. Okay, so this isn't trying to tell you you can't have a mortgage, right? What he's trying to say is, at what point do you owe on your mortgage? When it's due, right? The first of the month or whenever it is, right? So the point is, pay on time, right? Don't be late on your payments. Don't be so far behind on stuff that, like, that's when you're owing somebody something. As long as I'm current on my mortgage, they're not bothering me, right? But it's when I forget to pay, if I forget to pay, then they're like, hey, 
something's going on here. Right? So he's not saying you can't have some sort of debt. But you have to understand that there's, and this isn't like a, a money class, but um, there's different kinds of debt, okay? And so we want to make sure that we're wise with what God has given us, okay? We don't want to go out and, you know, rack up a bunch of credit card debt just because we can and then, you know, realize, oh, what do I do now? Or it's no different than we don't want to, because this is what, uh, Justin probably sees this too because he's in the same line, line of work I am. People are just going out and like spending way above their means right now on houses because they can't find a house. And then what's going to happen is the market's going to flip here and not very long. And then people are going to be into these mortgages that they can't afford because they spent more than what they had, right? More than they actually could afford. So you have to be careful uh, with that. And that's just kind of the time we live in. And so... When it says, oh, no man, anything, be wise with what you're doing, okay? You know, like I said, I'm not going to go through uh, all of the, the different verses and whatnot, but we have to be wise about what we do with, um, with the money that we owe people, right? So anyway, they, let's just, I'm just going to roll on from that. So, owe no man anything but to love another. You want to owe somebody something? You owe somebody love, right? You need to be, you need to be loving on them, right? Um, it goes on to say, For he that loveth another hath fulfilled the law. So, remember, Romans has talked a lot about the law early on, right? And that we don't have to fulfill the law, all these different things. So, he says, Owe no man anything but love one another. For he that loveth another hath fulfilled the law. For this, thou shalt not commit adultery. Thou shalt not kill. Thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not bear false witness. What does that sound like? It's the Ten Commandments, right? Because when we think of the law... We reference the Ten Commandments. Well, obviously the law is all of the commandments in the Old Testament. And if you go back to the beginning of Romans, we don't have to keep the law, right? Because it wasn't written for us anyway. But the point is, if you're going to owe somebody something, it needs to be love. And if you're going to love somebody the way that the Bible tells you to love them, then you're already fulfilling the law. Because what the, what is the law for you? as a Christian? It's not the Ten Commandments, right? It's not all those different things. The law for you is to what? There's like... It boils down to two commandments. Love God, love, love God and love people, right? If there's anything else, like that is your law. And if you're going to do it, right? If So you're not going to love people unless you love God, right? It just doesn't work that way. You try to. You see relationships in the world and people think they have it all figured out. But until you understand the love of Christ in your life, you don't understand how to properly love them, right? And also... Even if you are Christian, right? Even if you are uh, born again, if you don't have a proper relationship, a proper love relationship with the Father, meaning in the Word, meaning in prayer, meaning in fellowship, then you're going to have a really hard time loving the way that it tells you to do, right? Some people are like, I just, I don't, I don't really like that person. I don't really like. Well, guess what? You don't have a choice in it, right? What does the Word God say? It doesn't say. Uh, Love God and love most people, right? It doesn't say uh, love God and, and love the people that are like you. It doesn't say uh, love God and you know love everybody except for that one guy that really drives you crazy. No, that's the guy that you need to learn how to love even more, right? And everybody's got somebody in their mind that are like, man, that person just like rubs me wrong, right? Well, guess what? It is what it is. Why are y'all laughing? Huh? Why are y'all laughing? What? <laughs> The point is, it's not it's not love God and love somebody like love most people. 
right? Who did Jesus go after? Right? He wasn't after all the religious nuts. I mean, he was after those two. But what was he, who was he after? He was after the people that nobody else would talk to. Right? Uh, he's out there talking to the woman at the well. He wasn't even supposed to be talking to her. Right? He's out there, you know, meeting people that nobody else wanted to be around. Right? If you're going to have the proper relationship with people, he says, what is your one commandment? It's not to keep all these other commandments. It's, you know, obviously, yeah, not committing adultery, that's wise, right? Uh, not stealing, good choice, right? But those are common sense things, right? The law, back up to the beginning of chapter 13, tells you you got to do those things anyway, because if you don't do those things, you're going to end up with some serious consequences, and you asked for it, right? It's no different than, I, I use the analogy, right? Go outside in a thunderstorm, stick a golf club up in the air. That's basically what you're doing when you break the law. You're asking for punishment. That's just what happens. You're basically inviting lightning into your life. It's just that's how it works. So we don't have to do all those things, but we should, right? It's not saying that you know you're going to break fellowship with God if you break the Old Testament law. But the New Testament law says what? Love God and love people. Not some people, all people, right? It doesn't matter who it is. For this, thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not bear false witness, thou shalt not covet. And if there be any other commandment, it is briefly compound, or comprehended in this saying, namely, thou shalt love the neighbor as thyself. He says, hey, if there's anything that you need to get out of this, right? I've, I've tried to explain it. He's, he's like, I don't know how else to say it other than, like, let's just say it like this. Love thy neighbor as thyself. It reminds me of the passage in uh, Ephesians where it says, Husbands, love your wives even as your own selves. Because Paul knew when he wrote that that, you know, there's nobody that's more into you than you, right? There's nobody that thinks you're good at something more than you. There's nobody that is more... So he says, hey, as you're loving your wife, you probably ought to love her like you love yourself. Because, you know, you think you're pretty special. And so that's what he's trying to say is, hey, love her like that. He's saying the same thing here. He says, love thy neighbor as thyself, right? Well, he, he blows his grass clippings in my yard, right? And I don't like that. Who cares? Love your neighbor. People have the weirdest like things that, that drive them crazy, right? And I get it. We all have things that, that drive us crazy. But at some point, as a representative of Christ, because that's what you are, whether you like it or not, as a representative of Christ, you have to like learn how to just let it go. Right? You have to learn how to like, okay, I don't like it, but if it's going to be a testimony to Christ to... Think about it like this. So you're all mad at your neighbor, right? and I know we're not, he's not talking about your actual neighbor when he says this, but we're talking about anybody. Your, your co-workers at work, right? you got somebody that's just like, that just really drives me crazy, and, and, and you just you lose your cool on them, right? You, whatever, however it goes down. They might be, you might be the only Jesus that they know, right? You might be the only uh, thing that represents Christ in their life, and now you just blew it. Why would I want to go and, and have anything to do with that if that's what you're going to act like? You have to understand, that's what it means. This is love. Who cares if they're different than you? Suck it up, right? If the worst that we have to do uh, in the Christianity that we live is uh, just deal with somebody's weird things that they do, then, I mean, oh, I think we'll be alright. That's the whole point. That's what Paul's trying to say. Man, if there's anything that's going to get you... I'm trying to think of the way to say that. If there's anything that's that's going to draw you 
It's just, just, just love your neighbor as yourself, right? We get so caught up in, well, I, I'm a Christian, so I've got to, you know, this, this, this book's full of all these things that I've got to do. I've got to do this, and I've got to do that, and I can't do that, and I shouldn't do that. And Yeah, yeah there's guidelines. But as far as, like, ground rules, like, hey, this is where we're going to put uh, a stake in the ground, love God and love people. Like, everything else comes pretty easy when you do those correctly. Does that make sense? If, if there's anything that you're like, man, that's just a really hard uh, thing to do, right? It, to not do that or, or whatever, right? If you love God and love people, those things all come a little easier. Yeah, I've totally just skipped out. I'm, I'm like, it was just going to take too long. Verse 10, Love worketh no ill to his neighbor, therefore love is the fulfilling of the law. Right? No ill. Love worketh no ill. Love worketh nothing negative. Right? Love worketh not saying what you want to say. Right? Sometimes that's the hardest thing. It's like it's not even not doing the things that you're not supposed to do. It's not saying what you're not supposed to say. Right? Well, at least I'm going to give them a piece of my mind. Well, did, did that accomplish anything? Right? Love worketh no ill. Right? Sometimes it's just easier just to not say anything. Right, and so I'm sure this has never happened in in your marriage, right? Because we're not even talking about marriages, but sometimes it's better just to not say anything, right? Same thing with your relationships with with the lost world. Sometimes it's just better to not say anything, right? You get into a situation where somebody just really wants to, uh, they want division. Sometimes it's just to be like, peace out, right? You know what I'm talking about, right? Sometimes you just gotta, sometimes you just gotta be like, I ain't, I ain't doing it. Right? It, it's, it's not worth it, right? Love worketh no ill. Sometimes that means you got to take a loss. Sometimes that means you just got to walk away. Sometimes that's fine. Love worketh no ill. And that is the, uh, therefore, love is the fulfilling of the law. One other thing I wanted to point out in verse 9, uh, I had to find it in my notes. But anyway, so it says, Thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not bear false witness. Thou shalt not covet. So obviously those are uh, listing uh, the Ten Commandments. Um, in, in most, if not all, of your modern Bible versions, they just leave out the fact that it says, Thou shalt not bear false witness. They just take that point out. And they just skip right over it. Uh, I guess, you know, I mean, bearing false witness, that's lying. So I guess you, know, you take that out because that's what they're doing is they're lying about the Word of God. But anyway, it's just something to know, uh, throwing that out there. So love will give no will to his neighbor, therefore love is the fulfilling of the law. Then he kind of gets squirrel syndrome. Like he, he's like, okay, now we're going to switch gears. Like we've been talking about love. you got to love people, right? Love God, love people. We know that. that, is, that that's what we hinge on, right? Uh, that's, that's everything that we do here is what we hinge on. And he says, and that, knowing the time. Like this is a completely different, like it has nothing to do with, the, I mean, obviously, it's not even the same train of thought. And that, knowing the time, that now is high time to awake out of sleep, for now is our salvation nearer than when we believed. What does that mean? When you read that verse, like, what is, what is he trying to say? Jesus is, Je- Jesus is coming back soon. There's no other way to put it, right? So when he says, now is your salvation nearer than when you believed, what does that mean? Jesus is our salvation. Obviously, you don't lose your salvation. When you get saved, you get all, the, all of the Holy Spirit you're ever going to get right then. right? You learn how to exercise it more as you grow in Christ. But, like, now is your salvation nearer. Meaning, every day that you wake up is one day nearer to the day that Christ is going to return. That's what he's talking about. 
It doesn't mean that like you're growing in Christ. No, now is your salvation nearer than when you believed. He's coming, and He's coming soon, whether you believe it or not. He says, the night is far spent. Notice that they reference it as a night. There's a whole bunch of verse references in here. I'd have to find them. But they reference the night because that is what the church age is. We are living in the dark. And there will be a day when the sun, the S-O-N, is going to return and the day is coming, right? Go back to the, the parable of the, uh, the virgins uh, who some of them took the oil for their lamps and some of them just took the lamps, right? And they burn out and... It's a representation of Christ is coming back. You don't know when, so you need to be prepared. right? It's not just like, well, it's coming sometime, so who knows. right? The, the point is, knowing the time. Like, it, If you know me, I'm, not a, I'm like not a super political dude. I don't really like watching the news. I don't really, I, I don't, I'm not into all that. But here's what I do know. I pay enough attention to know that how things are going on in the world to see how they're lining up with what's going on in this book. right? You need to know the time. And I'm not saying that you need to understand all the Bible prophecy. It's, it's wise to learn those things, but I'm not, I'm not saying that we all need to be uh, Sam's dad because like Ryan Hedges, your pastor, man, that guy is like... I don't know how there's any room like in the gray matter up there because, man, like there's so much. It's just like... I just sit back and listen sometimes. I'm just like, oh my gosh. Like, I don't even know how that all ties together. But I do know that the Bible tells us you need to know the time. Right? You need to know that the way things are working out and the way things in the world are, are, are switching gears, what does that mean to this? How does that have anything to do with this? Man, what did you do to her? Totally kidding. He says, Know the time that now is high time to awake out of sleep. Right? It's coming. And it's coming quick. Right? I'm not the kind of guy that's going to say, Man, you need to be ready because the rapture is going to happen tomorrow. It could. Right? But I do know that things are pointing in that direction. Right? Things are, things are leading that way. And I do know that I long for that day. And so you need to be ready. You need to know the time. And it's not talking about, you know, well, what time is it, right? No, he's talking about what's going on in the world and how serious are you about, you know, when the fullness of the Gentiles comes in. Do you even know what that means, right? No, that is when, you know, that's coming. You need to know what your Bible says about those things. And I don't have time to explain that. It's D2 stuff, right? Catch it, right? Know the time. Now is high time to awake out of sleep. And, and I will say this. For those of you who might be like, I don't understand what he's saying, and I guess I'll never understand. Well, that's on you. Because uh, at HBF, there are a uh, hundred different ways to know what this book says, right? And there, there are classes. There, there, there's one-on-one discipleship. There is, uh, there's D2 to know about the end times. There's D2 to know, you know about uh, all of that kingdom of God, kingdom of heaven. So it's on you to not know those things. You know, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just throwing that out there. So it's on you. It's available. You could know. You can know. The night is far spent. The day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. What does the moon do? It it reflects the sun, right? It looks like the moon's super bright. It's just reflecting the sun. That's your job. Until the day comes, right? Be the moon, right? Reflect Christ. Put on the full armor of God, 
right? When I think of armor, I think about the you know the shiny metal stuff they used to wear back in the day, right? Let it reflect the light of Christ. That is your job right now. Your job is to circle back around, talk about love your neighbor as yourself. How are you going to do that? Well, reflect Christ. If if you are the only Jesus that somebody sees, man, what's it look like? You know, how how good of a reflection are you? You know, hopefully you're a pretty clean piece of glass reflecting instead of something that's all messed up. You got your own... I don't want to say that. You should reflect Christ, right? That's what you are. The night is before spent, the day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness. What are the works of darkness? It says we need to cast off the works of darkness. He's writing this to Christians. What are the works of darkness? That's exactly right. It is the sin that is in your life. Right? I understand. When you get saved, some things are just like super easy. It's like, I shouldn't do that anymore. I'm not going to do that anymore. Some things, like, Christ takes away immediately. And it's super easy. You hear, you know, you hear of like drug addicts that, you know, get saved and it's like, man, it's just gone. Christ took it from me. Everybody should have something in their life that's like, man, God just took that. And then there's other things that it's like, it takes work to get rid of. And I still struggle, right? It's because, go back to Romans 7, we still have skin on, we still have flesh, that's how we roll, right? So there's some things that God just takes away, but Paul knows what's going on. He says that you need to, I just said it, cast off the works of darkness, right? you got to get rid of that stuff. Get rid of the works of darkness, right? I'm not saying that you need to be sinlessly perfect, but man, you've got to drop that stuff, whatever it is, right? And, and it's so easy to pick stuff back up. You know, too often that's what happens, right? You know, somebody gets saved. We used to, uh, I used to use this analogy when uh, we were working in the youth, right? And somebody gets saved and they just lay it all at the feet of Christ, right? And they just throw it all down, man. They're just like, I'm, I'm done with it. I, I'm getting rid of all that. I'm good to go, right? And then, they go to turn and walk away, and they're like, I, I might need that. And they just throw it in the backpack. Not, not that I'm going to you know, use it right now, right? I, I, I just, just for a rainy day, right? And they carry it with them instead of just laying it down and walking away from it, right? That's what happens. People, they give it all to Christ, and then they're like, eh, for a rainy day, I might need that, Right? We're like a bunch of sin hoarders, right? Man, get rid of it. Throw it in the dump and walk away from it. Like, just drop it all. Like, that's one thing that I've never understood is when people that like just collect stuff. I'm like, man, I, if I don't, if I don't use it, like, just get rid of it. Just throw it away. I'm, you're right. I might need it next year. I'll buy a new one because I don't want to see it laying around. I just it drives me crazy. Like that's just me. Uh, we got to do that with your sin, right? With the works of darkness. Man, just get rid of it. Just drop it. Walk away from it. And we're going to talk about why here in a minute. Just, just let it go. Let us walk honestly, verse 13. Let us walk honestly. Let's just talk about this for a second. Too often, people are like, yeah, on, you know, honesty, right? There's, there's nothing worse than a liar, right? Yeah. A thief and a liar. There's nothing worse than a thief and a liar, right? And it's just like, okay, what is honesty, though? Right? Somebody asks you a question, do you tell the truth? Okay, well, that's we all know that, right? Yeah, I'm supposed to tell the truth. 
Do you understand that sometimes withholding information is just as good as lying? Right? If you don't tell the whole truth, then you might as well have not told any of the truth. Right? When somebody asks you something, you're like, well, they didn't really ask that specifically. We live in this area of like, like, oh, it's just, it was a gray area, right? You didn't ask me like 100%, right? So, you know, hey, what, what were you doing? Right? Well, I told you some of what I was doing, but I, honesty is, is everything, right? And there is nothing better than knowing that like a person, like, I'm trying to think of the best way to say this. There's nothing better than having a person in your life that you know that no matter what, everything that they say is true. Right? I can just, you, there's so much trust in a person because like everything that they've ever said is just true. Right? And it's just like, I have full confidence in that. On the flip side, there's nothing worse than somebody that it's like, I cannot believe a word that you say because you've burned it so many times that it's like you might be telling the truth and I'm just assuming that you're lying to me because it's like you've burnt it so many times. Well, that doesn't just go with, well, you didn't ask me that, so I didn't tell you, right? Honesty is, is honesty, right? Too often we're like, yeah, well, you didn't really ask that, or, you know, it, guess what? That's what we're supposed to be. He says, let us walk honestly, as in the day, not in rioting and drunkenness, not in chambering and wantonness, not in strife and envying. What is chambering? Right? The rest of these are pretty simple, but what does chambering mean? When it says, not in chambering and wantonness, what does that mean? You just read that and like, oh, that's King James lingo. I don't even under, I just pass by. What does that mean? When he says that. Brenton, what does that mean? When you read that, like, what is chambering? I don't know. Brian Callaghan thing. Like, I feel like his brain knows this. His brain knows this. <laughs> he knows all the weird stuff. <laughs> I'm working on it. Hanging on to things? Don't say it, don't say it. Like, hanging on to things versus wantonness or whatever. Whether, whether you have everything or you have nothing. Did you find it, Sam? What is it? The um, Strong says a couch by extension and cohabitation, cohabitation by implication in the male spring, like bed chambering or sleep. Chambering. It's sleeping around, right? It is it's shacking up. That's what they used to call it's what they used to call shacking up. It, it's going into the bedchamber after bedchamber after bedchamber, right? And you know what leads to that? Is wantonness. Meaning I see it, I want it, I must have it. Oh, that reminds me of something that happened in Genesis, right? It's like any sin. I see it, wantonness, I, I need it, I'm going to have it. Chambering, it's sleeping around, right? Not in chambering, right? I didn't know what that was. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. But no, that's the, sometimes you read things and it's just like, and I do this too, I'm like, I don't even have time to look that up, that's just, that's just King James, I have no idea. But yeah, that's what it is. That's what, not in chambering and wantonness, right? So he says, notice, your dishonesty is just as good as sleeping around, right? Notice that they kind of go together. Let us walk honestly, as in the day, not in rioting and drunkenness. I think we know what those are. Not in sleeping around and wantonness. Not in strife and envying. Strife and envying. So, strife, what is strife? It's just debate all the time, Right? It's listed before envying. Envy, 
leads to strife. Wantonness leads to chambering. Right? That's just the way it works out. Let us walk honestly, as in the day, not in rioting and drunkenness, not in shame. Notice, he's writing these things to Christian people, right? This, he's not writing to the lost world. Obviously, lost people read this, but he's writing to the churches in Rome, right? He's just laid out everything that God has done for you, how you can basically uh, get saved, right? Because hey, go back to the beginning of Romans. He basically puts everybody who thought that they were pretty good, he breaks them all down. <laughs> Right and says you're not as good as you think you are. You need Christ, right? And he goes through. He basically tells you everything that God has done for you. God's righteousness and and uh, in, in Romans four, all those different things builds it up, right? Yeah, you're going to struggle with your flesh. All these different things. Then he finally gets to like the second part, the the last third of of uh, the book of Romans, and he said, okay, so now that God has done all this for you, this is what you can do for Him. And he's like, this is what he's writing because Paul knows. Paul knows the things that we deal with. Paul, Paul knows the things that go through our minds that shouldn't, right? Paul knows that we're messed up. He's not writing this to the lost world, right? Why does he have to tell Christians, hey, stop sleeping around? You can take it literally or you can take it allegorically, whatever, right? Stop sleeping around on God, right? Stop having so many different idols in your life that you're committing spiritual adultery, right? That's what he's saying, Notice he's not saying this to the lost world. He, he, I, I hate to know what Paul would say to the lost world because if this is what he's saying to the Christian crowd, right? This is what you guys and you're like, what? man, I don't struggle with that stuff. Obviously, somebody does because Paul's writing it to you, right? That's what I'm saying. Verse 14. But put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ, right? What does that mean? Put, when, put on the Lord Jesus Christ. What does that mean? I mean, it could be, right? It's basically allow Christ, no, allow Christ to flow out of you, right? Well, how does that work? Well, when you got saved, I already told you this, you got all the Holy Spirit you were ever going to get. It's not like you can like gain more Holy Spirit tokens along the way. It doesn't work like that. You get all of it. You just have to learn how to live it out, right? You have to learn how to let it out, right? How does that work? Well, Get in here, and it allows you to see, oh, well, that makes sense, right? You get in the book. He says, put on the Lord Jesus Christ. Make not provision for the flesh to fill the lust thereof. This is the last thing I want to talk about when we'll be done. What does it mean to make provision for the flesh? I've got a couple examples I want to give you, but somebody tell me. Like, when you read, make provision for the flesh, what do, what do you think? Not make excuses. Not make excuses? Kind of. Kind of. Here, here was the best way that this was explained to me when I was in D one, and this is like a, like a just dumbed down example, and then I'll give you one that's a little more, like close to home. So, the guy who discipled me, uh, he's like, I decided to go on a diet. Right, and I was, I was, I was gonna, I was done with all the junk food all the time, right? And I was done with all with all of that, right? And so I'm gonna take, I'm gonna take like an apple for when I'm hungry, right? Because I always need a snack, right? Or I'm gonna take something healthy, right? But then at the same time, on his way out the door, he would just like 
Let me grab a couple of bucks just real quick. That way, if I pass the vending machine, you all have it, right? You know, just in case. That's provision for your flesh. Because you already know what your flesh is going to want. Something sweet. Your flesh is going to want something salty, right? You made provision for your flesh by saying, I'm just going to grab a couple bucks, right? If you don't have the couple bucks, well, nowadays you can just swipe your card. It don't matter, but, right? That's provision for your... Like, you already know what your struggle is going to be. And you tell yourself, I'm not going to do it, but just in case, I'm going to have this. It's no different than any sin in your life, right? I already know that this is something I don't want to do. But but just in case, I'm going to have it, right? Here's a really good example, because we, th- we like to think of it like, like that, right? As long as I make provision. Sometimes making provision for your flesh is not taking the actions necessary to not let something happen, right? So... It would be similar to, like, if, if there is, you know, you guys know what, uh, what's it called? Um, I'm trying to think of what it's called. So, uh, covenant eyes, right? It's a thing that you can put on your uh, devices to not see things you ought not, right? Uh, I don't know if you guys know what it is. So, basically, uh, there's a lot of stupid stuff on the internet. We'll just say that, right? So, making provision for the flesh would be, I know that's something I struggle with, Right? Like, if that's what you're telling yourself. Like, I know that's something that I struggle with. I know that this is available. But I'm not really... It's not a problem for me anymore, so I'm not going to... If it's available, why wouldn't you take it? Right? Just in case. That's the same thing. Well, I don't need it, right? That's making provision for your flesh. Right? By saying, well, you know, I don't... I don't need it, so it's not that big a deal. You've basically put a couple bucks in your back pocket just in case. Right? You've basically said, well, I'm not going to do that sin anymore, but just in case, I'm going to throw it back in my backpack, right? That is what making provision for your flesh is. When you lay something down at the altar, right? When you lay something down at the feet of Christ, man, it's not supposed to be just for a minute, right? It's not supposed to be just to lay it down and walk away from it. Man, the, in the Old Testament, the... Uh, the example of this would be you read about they would like the children of Israel they would stop and God would do something amazing in their life and they would make a memorial right and then they would walk away from it and they'd stack a bunch of stones on each other or something I'm like I never understood how they made that work but you know today we got concrete forms and it's easy but like they would make these memorials and they would walk away right that's the picture of that is when you lay something down in your life when God does something amazing in your life like make a memorial and say you know what. I'm done with it and I'm walking away from it. I'm not going to put it back in my... I'm not going to make provision for the flesh. If I know it's something that I'm going to struggle with, if I know that there's something available that's going to make me not struggle with it, that is what making provision for the flesh is. He says, But put on the Lord Jesus Christ. Live Christ in your life and make not provision for the flesh because when you make provision for the flesh, it allows you to what? Fulfill the lust thereof. Well, my flesh isn't like that. You're a liar. Go back to Romans 7. He already told you, we know what you struggle with, right? It's the flesh. The lust of the flesh. Like, it doesn't matter what it is in your life. Like, some people just, like, it, it could be anything, right? Don't make provision for your flesh, right? I'm going to not watch TV anymore. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get serious about getting in the Word and I'm going to do the XYZ, right? right? I'm not going to do it. You know, but just in case, I don't want to cancel our cable, Right? 
Oh, we, we might need it in case somebody comes over. Like, who cares? Get rid of that junk or whatever it is. I'm just saying, like, no matter what it is in your life, somebody's got something and they're like, well, I'm glad he didn't say that, right? It's all the same. Whatever it is, whatever it is that you're struggling with that is in the way of, right, of your relationship with Christ and has taken your time, man, stop making provision for your flesh and just walk away from it. That's what Paul's trying to say. Notice he's writing this stuff to us. He's not writing this to the lost world. He's saying, hey, these are things that y'all are struggling with, and we've got it like way worse than when he was writing it. Right? And so that's kind of what he's talking about. Love God and love people, and here's how to do it. That's what he says. All right, so next week we're going to get into chapter 14. Romans 14 is one of my favorite chapters in the Bible because it really deals with some of the everyday, like, but what if questions. Like, now I'm telling you, if you've, if you've ever discipled somebody, these questions come up. Well, what about this? But what about that? Some really practical, some really, you know, fun kind of things. And so I really love uh, Romans 14 because it talks about our liberty. Everybody likes our liberty, right? Well, we're going to talk about all that. So the next several weeks we're going to be in Romans 14. So come back. It'll be... Um, I don't want to say it'd be better, but it, I'm, I, I enjoy Romans 14. So uh, we'll really talk about some of the, the fun stuff about what the Word of God says. So uh, let's pray and we'll get rock and roll. And Father God, I love you. Thank you for today. I thank you for uh, your Word, Lord. And uh, Lord, I do pray that uh, we are walking in the light. I pray that we are uh, reflecting your goodness to the world. I pray that we are loving God and loving people. Uh, because if we're not, we're just posers, Lord. And uh, I do pray that uh, we would... Uh, just really lay it down uh, and be what you want us to be. I do pray that uh, we are paying attention to the times, that we know what's going on, Lord. We know that the night is far spent and that you're coming, Lord, and and, and, and the fullness of the Gentiles, is, it's it's at hand, Lord, and it, it's coming. And, Lord, I do pray that, that we know these things, and I do pray that, um, that man, we're not uh, sleeping around on you, God. I do pray that, that you're really getting all of our life and, and not just some of it. And so, uh, Lord, I do pray that, you just speak to us uh, as Brian preaches this morning and, and that we would just uh, really uh, wholly give our lives to you uh, and uh, just be ready to uh, do whatever that means. And sometimes that means lay some things down. Sometimes that means pick some things up. And so, God, I do pray that you would just uh, get the honor and the glory for my lives. Send us out uh, as lights, Lord, because that's what we are. In Christ's name, amen. <laughs> <laughs>